Here at Total Wine & More, you'll find what you love and love what you find, especially our totally low prices. That rosé you recommended was a hit. What should we try for more fun in the sun this weekend? Your friends will love this refreshing sparkling wine. <laughs> Perfect. Wow, that price is refreshing too. Find what you love, love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. With the lowest prices in the DMV. Drink responsibly, B21. Hi there, this is Jim the Keys, bartender. I'm turning down the music right now. Stopping this, I'm... I'm under the assumption that we're recording our voices right now. If you pick up the microphones, these are yours. I'll be able to see. like this. Well, yeah, be friendly to the microphone, like your close personal friend. Okay. I'm here with Gabby and Joel. Uh, Do you have Joel's... Do you go by the same last name or do you... No. What's Gabby? My last name is... Do you want to say it? Oh, no. Not necessarily. But I don't go by the same name. I don't go by the same name. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You don't just, have to before you say me. you like how I call you. Just call me Stretch. We're going to call him Gary. Stretch. That's we won't call you Joel then. We'll call you. <laughs> so, but Stretch. people know you, Joel and Gabby, who live in yeah. Spain part of the year and in Key Largo. I think that's a big yeah. enough clue for people. And yeah. it just be the people that are somewhat acquainted with you. Right, right. I mean, as long as the debt collectors don't pick up on it. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that, I think we're the, cool. Uh, well, we, uh, I told you about on. Uh, the uh, <laughs> podcasting app they give uh, they break out demographics on it and oh. it's interesting because uh, debt collectors are my n- number two demographic listeners that in 14 year old girls oh. yeah no. hey. so I don't know I, I, what are you doing no nothing nothing uh, <laughs> so we, we we both you and Joel are do you still see clients no do you, no only we're, the ones that are friends that find out we're therapists. And oh, and some, they, sometimes they will. Isn't yeah. that a um, conflict? Well, it's, um, yeah, so we don't really do therapy. Like, we're not going to do therapy with you. I'm not asking today. for therapy. I, 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 I'm, oh. I'm not asking for therapy. I, I, wanted I, thought, to, you, I thought you were. I no, no, no. If I was, um, let's say, <laughs> let's view it as. <laughs> Okay, I'll give you... Well, this is probably set the table. I just wanted to talk that I noticed that that path walking in here, it was... And I remember to this day, it was designed by someone under six foot two. Um, Because the walkway... Oh, yeah. Well, it's two inches. It would have hit me squarely in the the forehead. And much like the designers of subway cars and things, because I guess it's a size thing. And I thought there's... Now, that's an internal monologue. I said, oh, how thoughtless mm-hmm. of someone. Because mm-hmm. I am not a super tall person. I just reach. I think I'm in the beginning of tall. Yeah. 6'4". And uh, if you were joining special clubs for tall people, yeah. I think that's, I'm a, I would be the short guy. Among and the, the tall guys. Uh, in, in the tower. Guard. You'd be a yeah, guard. There was a dating society called the Tower Club. You'd be a guard. Club. Yeah. And the... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, if I was yeah. a really good shooter, I, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But um, that's the way I think. And uh, you, if so, if you were going to give, let's say, to an employer, if you let's say a high end employer, sometimes they uh, put people through uh, their HR department. Uh, the notable, uh, the first time I saw it was a miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, I think it was, mm-hmm. where um, they sent the. The guy who played Santa Claus mm-hmm. to 
the store uh, HR representative, he was kind of a he was an informal he wasn't a psychologist he fancied himself a psychologist mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. and he pronounced uh, the guy uh, Chris Kringle as being crazy but you, you <laughs> think I would uh, put it like that or even if you were a forensic and did you mention Mindhunter to me yes. yeah. you mentioned Mindhunter uh, you can do a criminal you can uh, and I listen I'd be perfectly fine if you find any similarities in me between me and a sim- serial killer or um, <laughs> someone yeah, who now that you mention it yeah or someone I'm sure uh, is a pathological liar yeah or anything like that so sociopath so, <clears throat> sociopathic yes there's a there's a book I read uh, called the sociopath test it does not make me a, an expert from what I understand mm-hmm. yeah. it has mis I mean it diagnoses almost one of the things the guy says almost every CEO of a fortune 500 con- uh, company would uh, qualify. show qualify as a sociopath mm-hmm. according, according to the to test yes. yeah according to the test and not I'm not calling every CEO of a mm-hmm. Fortune 500 mm-hmm. a sociopath. Right, right. Exactly is that. Yeah. So, and how would we begin? Uh, I, I just, I, I can wrote down, I can write down some of the things that I, I think are big personality traits of mine and mine is harboring a malicious yeah. uh, internal okay. dialogue sometimes. I do, I do have a little story. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to what you were saying about yes. um, HR and okay, um, let's hear it. There are things like like there's something. Well, that's management sort of psychology, but there's also industrial psychology, and it's how you set things up for people to use them correctly and that sort of thing. So there's a famous story when, when with the first high-rises in New York City. Mm-hmm. Um, they clearly didn't put in enough elevators. Mm-hmm. And so it would cost them a small fortune to put more elevators in. So they called in a psychologist. And he said, oh, just put mirrors in, in the lobby and give people a chance just to preen themselves you won't get any more complaints about how slow the elevators are sure enough you know oh, that was industrial design that's design coming in up when we were well, well by a psychologist yes yeah. that's great yeah oh okay that's fairly famous yeah oh yeah and they actually measured whether how impatient they were before and after or or this is just anec- anecdotal no no they you know well, they, they, I'm sure they made the the fact of the matter is they just they probably got fewer complaints. complaints. Yeah. I'm sure they ain't quantifiable the, uh, because yeah. they write them down in those yeah. big high rise buildings for but, very. But they didn't need stats on this, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Okay. Joel, Joel is really more of the researcher than I am. He got his training in research first. Okay. Did you know that on on brain? Well, I know we talked. We talked about music. How he used. Uh, he came yeah. up with the music uh, therapy, uh, yeah. poly uh, polyphonic. Was that that? Yeah, we we put brainwaves uh, into synth synthesizers. Yeah, and you were able to uh, music of the hemispheres. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, that's interesting. Yeah, but uh-huh. even before that. When he did his training, under, uh, before he got his doctorate, 
it was more an experimental psychology. Yeah, it was, right? I was a brain researcher to begin with, and then <clears throat> I slowly switched over to political. Uh, was there a, was there a co coherent? Well, when you get back to the music, was there a coherent, m m melodic? Uh, that makes me have to go to the bathroom here. Listen to that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. You've been well trained. Yes, yes. It, it's a, it's a, um, a Pavlov a Pavlovian uh, uh, response. response. Yes. So so yeah. you're you're what was your clinical training in? Neuroscience. Neuroscience. Okay. Well, the clinical and my clinical training was you know, to be a talk therapist and over toward. Um, over toward behavioral medicine, biofeedback. Okay. But, but to get to your point about diagnosing, you know, sociopathic features or whatever, he did his clinical training in the prison system. He oh, yeah. Almost That's everything right. from, he was very lucky. He I've had tried to repress that. I think that would be yeah. like the first question anybody would ask <laughs> when they're interviewing someone that, did, that yeah. worked with uh, 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 prisoners and things i try not to get worked up this is isolating mic so this won't even okay. show up on there so uh that the first question would be how many you know psychopaths would you think i think it's very difficult it would be very difficult to say how many psychopaths because you could actually come in contact with them and not realize that you have been no but we did psych testing when we were putting therapy groups together yes about 10 percent in the Maryland Penitentiary in 19... Had psychopathic tendencies? or six were diagnosed as psychopaths. Really? And the rest of them... You see, this is at the break point between yeah. old, old school psychology and, mm -hmm. you know, behavioral, mm -hmm. cognitive, and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, yeah. so we use the term neurotic. The yeah. rest of them were uh, kind of neurotic and maybe about 2% were psychotic. Okay. Well, I, I hope through some questioning, maybe you'd be able to tell if I answer truthfully. <laughs> what you are? Yes. Who you are? Mm -hmm. but, you Jim. know, we don't really like to put labels Jim. on people. Yeah. That's very old school. Yeah. No, but be old school. I won't hurt my feelings because actually it's all for entertainment purposes at the end. Obviously, yeah. I've been labeled a lot of things in my uh, <laughs> life, and I've deservedly so. Yeah. I've, I've done all of them? Uh, well, there was reasons for it. Reasons. There were, yeah, <laughs> you know. So. You want to talk about that? Yes, yes, yes. There's been. Um, I, I toy with the idea of uh, manic depression, mm -hmm. having uh, problems with manic depression, mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, and I looked up uh, because I had the classic number one uh, factor was substance mm -hmm. abuse, right. As a self-medicating yes. thing. Mm -hmm. um, erratic behavior. Uh, though there's, I, I imagine with certain things, you don't have to have all the factors or Correct. all the signs. No, no, like yeah. you're not necessarily, I'm not yeah. suicidal. Um, shopping is hard. I, I can see that I like shiny objects, you know, purchasing on Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, the guilt. After your behavior, because you 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 react, you go through mm -hmm. season. It's funny um, you don't look Jewish. There's <laughs> 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 a lot of Catholic guilt. Catholic guilt oh, yeah. is well, similar. They're in second no. place. Six and one half yeah, yeah, yeah. another. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, pressured speech. Now, what's your understanding of rapid, pressure, rapid, rapid speech? speech? Pressure yeah. speech. When you're manic, yeah. I. Th right? Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, 
depression. I, I ranked all those for myself too. Mania, inflated ego. No. <laughs> you miss that expression, guys. Uh, okay, yeah. Okay. Erratic thought patterns. Okay, so I, I ranked them all for myself. And this what about, is like, when, what like about, if you were in a red book, like the old red book thing, are you a manic depressive? <laughs> what? What about, uh, the, the, the magazine, what, you mean? Yeah. What about erotic thought? Oh, tons, tons. The Don Juan syndrome. <laughs> yeah, it's the, normal. The need to be appreciated by the it's opposite normal. sex. Yeah. 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 I think the norm is is like a dozen, man, a, a, dozen that, a day that's for That's not man. manic depressive. Isn't that a separate? Um, erotic, erotic thought. A dozen a it's day. Part of, wait, erotic it's thought is manic depressive? For, no, erotic thought. It's separate. Okay. Well, yeah. that's a that's a separate one. I would do. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind throwing that in there. Yeah, but, but I think the the average for males, I'm trying to say, is about twelve a day. Twelve a day. Erotic thoughts. Yeah. Oh, Jim, I, I sense it's on the low end what? for you. Is that? No, is that no, about that's right. The average. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. A dozen. I heard. Um, a, a dozen. I heard a lot of studies on that yeah. uh, about erotic thought, and that um, they they did a very. Uh, uh, thorough study on men with masturbation. They realized that uh, 75% of men masturbated in a shower and the other 25% sang a, one particular song. <laughs> so what? Sang one particular song. Do you know the name of that song? I thought you didn't. Sure. <laughs> I thought you didn't. <laughs> yeah, you walked me into that one. Since you walked up, you mentioned erotic uh, thoughts. Yeah, that yeah. Perfect. So, uh, but I, uh, I realize much like a people that read their astrological charts, that sometimes you can read in, it's a self-fulfilling yes. thing where it's you're saying. Generalized. Yeah. It's generalized. It's vague enough. Or general enough that you, a lot of people could read in. Yeah, if I'm to not, make it I sound mean, true. everyone pretty much probably displays manic because you go through seasons of feelings, right? Well, the 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 way we're used to talking about it is, everybody experiences everything at some point, and so it's a matter of degree. Yeah, and it, you're sometimes you're more prone if you're tired, you're worn out, you've been through a spate of stress. Stress, stress is a biggie. Yeah, so. Yeah. That's the reason why I really, I went to a couple therapists and stuff like that. And when I was really in the, the throes of drinking, mm -hmm. I, was, I was going through what you might call agoraphobia, but that was just isolated. I mean, I was, that's alcohol. That was mm -hmm. just pure alcohol building up and guilt, the guilt thing, mm -hmm. put on in behavior mm -hmm. and all this stuff in your ideas. You're not, mm -hmm. I'm not, you're not getting any better and you're just getting on this locked in thought mm -hmm. loops, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. So, um, I moved off the manic depression. Someone called me manic one time mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. And I think it's someone that took a psych course and it was in high school and, arena, <laughs> and they said that and someone said it in college and I said, wait a second, unless everyone's telling you that, Several people, sometimes people do things that they say things that are less than helpful. Mm -hmm. They actually sometimes make you feel much worse. Mean. It's trying to be mean, but yeah. they're not They're not exactly sure. No, they don't like, have that, what we were talking about, the it's name calling. internal dialogue, or you were talking, what it's, would you call I it? I call it self-talk. Self-talk? You're talking to yourself while you're, it's a kind of processing, really, I think, and, and it inhibits you somewhat. Because you you don't just blurt out the first thing that comes to your mind usually. You're thinking. Oh, sometimes I 
Sometimes I do. you do. I Everybody do. does sometimes. Yeah. But. but a lot of times, I mean, how many times do people just blurt out things they're thinking about all the time? Yeah, and most of the time it's innocent enough. With that, yeah. And unless it's crude and... and it's just a normal on that, um, call and response. Yeah, what's the one where they're chicks and... Conversation. Tourette's. 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 Yeah. And that's a neurological. Tourette's not necessarily, they're not thinking those things, are they? Would they have to be in order to shut them out? It's more on autopilot. Yeah. From a neurological basis. Sometimes they, they, it's things they don't want to say. Yeah, it's, they're not able to inhibit. They're afraid of saying things, saying, and, and then they go to the worst thing they can say. That's a, it's like almost like an involuntary verbal. T- I've said that. I've said that before. Mm. When yeah. I, I've been in a conversation yeah. with someone I was very close with, yeah. and then I realized that I said too much right at the time. Like much like the the classic locking of your keys in your car mm. uh, when you're you're watching the door close. Mm. And too, late. Split second, <laughs> too late. Split seconds. Too late. So, I that the manic depressive thing I was I was leaning on and I said was self medicating and doing yeah. all those things. I well, especially the, when I'm not drinking, it doesn't really. But it do, doesn't you think you're different when you're not drinking in that way? Yeah, for long periods of time that I didn't, it doesn't rear its head like that. The depression and the anxiety, and though anxiety, they did not directly. List that, the symptoms, as yeah, a, there are a, okay, anxiety. but there are different kinds of anxiety. Yeah, and it's something well, you knock out the substance abuse and the, it, the depression and the other things, yeah, because you still, I mean, depression is a, a relative term, isn't it? Yeah, yes, because yes. if you're up here all the time, when I say up here, let's say you're, you're floating up at 80% most of the time, yeah. and then you dip down to the medium, mediocre, that may feel depressive, but other people are living there and mm-hmm. that's their baseline and they you know, spend most of their time below right. it. So right. who knows? Delusions of grandeur. That's what I was thinking. Illusions or delusions of grandeur? Delusions. Okay, delusions. Yeah. Not an illusion. No, delusions are false beliefs. What's an illusion? How about an illusion? An illusion is just something that's not real. Yeah. Is that the same thing? Well, in a sense, but it's. I think delusion is clearer because it's a belief system. So a grandiosity, grandiosity. So you'd have to think, what if you thought you were slightly more like you were... Slightly more, not grandiosity. Uh, not way more. Of elevate, uh, how about delusions of elevated mediocrity? <laughs> I like that. I think you you're like that? a new term. Yeah, yeah. yeah. elevated mediocrity, Somewhere where you're not the greatest, yeah. but you're pretty great. I'm great, <laughs> but I'm not pretty great. And if I was any better, you mean you just hate me? Yeah. That's. Yeah. I mean, I I really thought that. I said maybe, maybe I managed. Uh, a, a new type of disorder by just thinking, well, yeah, I'm pretty... I'm, I'm the I'm only pretty one. Great. I'm, I'm the great. only one that can have this disorder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that would be uh, no, I realize... Oh, that would be great. I don't, I don't believe a lot of people. <laughs> I, I believe tons of people have this, the, the same disorder. Some same people are, that get up and sing all the time. Are, are uh, competitive with their psychological symptoms, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I, have the, I have the I have the best, the very best delusions of grandeur. Really? You know? Oh, yeah. 
No, I mean that somebody. Oh, you! I thought you were going to no, tell me your. I, uh, I was going to hear. I was going to hear something about your. Learn your, something um, new. Maybe you do something with uh, iambic pentameter that you did a whole analysis session using <laughs> Shakespearean language, or perhaps uh, a haiku. Well, I did uh, fall asleep on a couple of guys. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, can yeah you last tell, week we had some. Did you ever hear that story? Let him tell. It's a really funny story when he fell asleep in a therapy session. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. I think you may have done that uh, story yeah. the first time we were we were here. I think yeah, you yeah. told that story about right, falling asleep. I'm not sure. Let's hear it. Well, the, uh, it's a good story, so it's yeah. Working. It's a so it's a patient I've been seeing for a long time, an older fellow. You sure you, you didn't want to just say you heard about someone who did this? <laughs> no, because Instead he doesn't have the need to be perfect. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't want to. I didn't. I didn't want to. Wait a second. Before you start the story, can we just take a, break. a moment? No, so they can insert a commercial. Insert a gerbil. I mean, commercial. If you want to get your information about the Florida Keys straight from the locals who live here and the ones who love it here, we've got you covered. Visit 43keys.com as your source for everything Florida Keys. Sign up for our newsletter and you'll always be up to date on all the Keysy stuff that's going on down here. Go to 43keys.com. That's the number four, the number three, keys.com and sign up today. And we're back, okay. Joel. So we're going to get back to this yeah. story. You uh, you had a patient. I did. Mm-hmm. I had a patient. Mm-hmm. Just one. <laughs> Thirty-two years. Just kidding. Just kidding. And um, no, this guy was. Um, so I've been seeing him for a number of years, and and uh, he's you know sort of business type, and he talked in a monotone. And he had like a 6 p.m. time slot. Uh-huh. And, and so I found myself, yeah, like in the middle of the session, next thing I knew. 6 p.m.? Yeah. A horrible time. Okay, I understand. My, my biological low point. Was it a warm office? Um, maybe. Office or orifice? Did you... Stop it. Was your office warm? Stop yeah, it. orifice. Was your was orifice warm and moist? You're in public, Joel. Back to gerbils. Yeah, gerbils, yeah. Can't get rid of the damn No, gerbils. I'm just thinking I'm okay. setting the scene for a warm office. Um, it's 6 o'clock. I mean, I always had a problem with 5 o'clock. Uh, Might have been the vodka. Out. Drinking, that'll do it. Okay. Might have been the vodka in my water bottle. Okay. So this is so, patient. So anyway. <laughs> so... Um, the next thing I know, I'm waking up, and I hear myself say, they're all like works of art. You did tell me this one. Did I tell you this? They're so all like I, works of art. Yeah. And now, and now I'm fully awake, and I'm looking at the guy, and he's got his head tilted toward me like this, you know, in a kind of questioning way. And he's like, what do you mean? And so I just went back to the last thing I remember him saying, mm-hmm. and I just related to that and free associated that, you know, to to bridge between they're all like works of art and the last thing he said. What was the last thing he said? I can't remember now. Okay, you yeah. remember it's all like work. Yeah, 
And so I, I, I'm going to try that sometime with you when we're talking all of a sudden, <laughs> and I'll just uh, put on dark sunglasses and then, and then right then go go. It's all like works of art, and you're going to go. You what? son of a bitch! Did you fall asleep? <laughs> you're, on you're, me? You're copying. You're copying my shit. Yes. This is what I said. <laughs> No, so, I thought you. So were. here, there's an epilogue to this story, though. So we we finish off the session, and he gets up to leave, and he gets to the door, and he turns around to me, and he says, "You know, that's the best session we've ever had." <laughs> <laughs> there, there was um, a, a movie, uh, uh, something about Mary. And, oh, I love uh, that movie. And he felt mm-hmm. uh, his therapist. He'd be talking to his. Uh, um, What's his name? Stiller. Jerry, not ben Jerry, Stiller. Ben Stiller. He's talking to his therapist, and his therapist runs out to grab something to eat while he's talking, and he comes back, <laughs> and he wipes his mouth, and he mentions something about a rest stop, and the, the, he just latches on to it, and he goes, you know, rest stops are the uh, the bathhouses of the 1990s. <laughs> That's what gay men mean. He just said he just latches on to the one thing. Did you latch on to one thing when someone said something and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, that, I remember something. <laughs> okay. But, you know, here's something very interesting, I think, but not funny. What it reminds me of um, when they do studies on clients and therapists, mm-hmm. or patients and therapists, rating sessions. What do you think was the, how, how high would you rate this session or how low? There's almost no agreement between the therapist and the patient. Like, like in this case, the therapist. Oh, the therapist could think it says said, we reached no uh, You know, I fell asleep. Insight. I, yeah, but, that ther- but the client thought it was a great session. But that's, I think that's wouldn't it be normal. A, wouldn't that be what, an internal thing that the, the yeah. client feels unburdened, uh, they didn't feel pressured. You fell asleep. You didn't stare at them with that judgmental <laughs> look on your face. Didn't start playing the crazy music. Say, did you put the hat on their head so you could record their uh, thoughts and make music out of their thoughts? It was a relief. The music, the yeah. music later, the music logical later, whatever that converts all their thoughts to music. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, but you know, it's just that's. Like, I mean, I think that would be my. Yeah. Do you remember the show? There was a on Comedy Central. There was a show, and you had to watch this show because it's classic. The guy, the comedy show was well. Bob Newhart was uh, he was one, but Doctor Katz. Oh, oh yeah. Cartoon. yeah, the, the cartoon. cartoon. Yeah. I it thought was it was yeah. it was very yeah. good. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. yeah, that was great. But I have to say, just let me get this in that um, I did think with that patient, I did entertain the possibility that you know, as I'm in that twilight state and I'm coming up, and I'm saying they're all like works of art, and then I related to the last thing I can remember him saying. I thought that was maybe like one unconscious to another. Oh, so you're equating that the best work you've ever done is when you're asleep. Half asleep. Half asleep. Yeah, <laughs> I guess it's probably not a deep sleep. It was probably just a You dose. have to catch it just right, Jim. Okay, I get it. I get it. I understand. Okay, we'll move on to entitlement complex. Ooh, I have an entitlement complex. What do you Maybe. think you're entitled to today, for instance? <laughs> I get, I got what I want. I'm entitled. The things I have today are I'm happy with. But sometimes when I'm unhappy with my station, yeah, wherever I am, yeah, and in, in life, I think, wow, I, I really, I, I think I 
deserve more. And then I realized being aware is a curse because you then you look at, you call yourself out. You know, I'm not saying I'm better for it, but I realize I am that way, which is bad in itself. You think being aware that you have a problem is worse than not being aware of it? It was worse than not having it. Well, it's worse than, well, but if you have it. Do you think that's a call you can make for yourself? That whatever it is you're thinking, if it causes you, it's in well, it may not be entitlement, it could be something else, it could be the malicious dialogue, what I like to call, or the uh, delusions of media, uh, (laughs) elevated mediocrity. I love that term. (laughs) You like that? I love it. How about the okay? I think of that after all my years of training. I had so many okay. Well, I just came up with this while we were sitting. Well, I think we brilliant. I think we, oh, thank you. I think we. Elevated mediocrity. <laughs> Elevated mediocrity. Stop, stop. I hope I didn't lift stop it from anyone. Forcing his grandiosity. Yeah, yeah, I know it is. It's being a, okay. How about IED? And that's not an explosive, explosive device. device. No. It's intermittent explosive disorder. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a relatively new one, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that would be someone. No, you I mean, call it in the else. in the classification, it's relatively I, new. Well, no, isn't no, that anger, generally the same no, thing? Anger, outburst, anger. No, no. Didn't he have it's, that before? It's, it's like an impulse disorder, right? But, but there's specifically violence. Anger. There's violence to it. Oh, there's violence to it. Well, explosive. You know, physical violence. They can, yeah, they can be. I mean, I mean, I'm kind of, but not like, necessarily. That's, that's, just that's different than impulsive. Let's say impulsive. Like I got to have that hamburger. You know, I had that 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 uh, I I do explosive. Well, with the not the people. I don't go and yeah. attack people and stuff and get curse no. the uh, keyboard very. Um, um, I, you know, I'm pulling back on the R rate. Like, we're gonna list, we're gonna list this as um, explicit, even though every episode I list is explicit, just in case somebody thinks it's might think it's explicit. Well, no, no, because of language. Because oh, I might because say something that's that kind of uh, yeah, offensive. Yeah. So this yeah. way, I'll just say explicit, and people go, "Oh, that wasn't explicit." And then you, I'm trying to lull certain people, maybe get a nice religious audience. And then the next show, we're going to be talking about strippers. So, and then they'll get all offended, and that'd be great. It's great. It's great it's uh, podcast. It's all really good, and it stretches their boundaries. Mm. Uh, but right. me. Uh, the, the, the freaking out in the car, getting angry. Uh, that doesn't happen as much anymore either, and that could be mollification through age. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, one of the things you do with... Maturation. Uh, what's it? Maturation. Maturation. Intermittent explosive. When, one of the things you might check on is if there's an organic basis to it, like cortical overexcitability, something like that, which is like a step below kind of epilepsy. Mm-hmm. So you have a, a an easily excitable, but that Warren well, Zevon. Oh, so you, you wouldn't know, really need you wouldn't, you wouldn't really wouldn't need a uh, catalyst. Are you suggesting that? But no, if no, you have an organic no, one, wouldn't no, you no. just happen anyway? Then no, it, it it or you have to have a set of circumstances. There's always an interaction. So it's just that you're more easily triggered, let's say. Yeah. And the response is more extreme. Your yeah. threshold might be lower. Yeah. I, I, I was reaching for that one because that's not that's not yeah. a thing anymore for me. That's that's a rarity. Sometimes you do treat it with anti-epileptic uh, medication. Okay, okay. Just but entitlement, I think, is a big one. I think a lot of people have some degree of 
you know, varying degrees of entitlement, feeling that they're special, they shouldn't have to wait in line, they shouldn't be wait in the car when there's a traffic jam, there's, you know, sort of impatience, low frustration tolerance. I had, I had a coworker who, um, the, her boyfriend was playing uh, music. He controlled the jukebox. We have a jukebox mm-hmm. that we control for the yeah. app, and they can actually control the volume, which I thought was surprising because that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of invasive. <laughs> when you're not there, you don't have to be there. This guy was actually. You know, fifteen hundred miles away. Oh yeah, you could do it on your phone. Wow. So he was saying he knew she was working. He's playing music for her, and he has it cranked up now. Loud is forty. Loud is forty for everyone. That's the most we would put it on is forty. Yeah. He had it up to eighty. Oh gosh. It comes up to one hundred. hundred. I, I can't even imagine what his hundred would be. So um, I walk in. There's a girl cleaning and stuff like that. He said, "This is kind of loud. Can you turn this off?" And uh, she goes, "No one's here." And I'm looking at her, I said, well, there's a person talking to me right now, and there's uh, a woman over there, and I know she don't think too much about a Mexican co-worker, but she, I don't think she enjoys listening to Marilyn Manson at 80 <laughs> on a scale. I mean, and at 80, is, is, it should be, 80 should be the top they should get it to, because it was really loud. And she goes, no one's here. She kept on repeating that, and it's like a denial of personhood. Yeah. Like... <laughs> There's no customers here. It's just you guys. Um, but it's our hearing. Yeah, yeah. Our hearing. And yeah. it happens. So it happens in my spin class when people say, Can you t- turn up the music? I say, wait a second. There's like six people in the spin class that have earplugs in already. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I, I hesitate to ask. I mean, just like you're entitled. I, well, I need to listen to it. <laughs> I need to listen to it loud so I can get into it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's kind I, of I, selfish. I. Yeah. Entitlement. Yes. Well, it's it's, it's uh, overly self-focused. I mean, don't, don't you want to? But is it deeper selfishness? It? You can just say selfishness, or what's the underlying? Because obviously, wouldn't yeah. you rather be? I mean, in in the best of worlds, it's best not to feel entitled because you can go through the world, and when you're waiting in line at the checkout. And and the person has three items that don't have a price on it, and they can't get the price, and they got to go and get it. If you 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 think you're entitled to be moving through yeah, quickly, or at the airline? How about the airline? <clears throat> there you go, waiting. Mm-hmm. And and there's 180 other people. <laughs> we never do 180 that. 180 well. people, and you're thinking, well, I mean, if you sit back and think, if you get in a moment of clarity and you say well you know what it would probably be best to think wait I'm in it with all these people at the same time just like uh, the hurt when we went through Irma and things like that we're going through the same thing mm-hmm. why it was kind of selfish now uh, entitlement I think disappears when you lose someone close to you and stuff like that that's a personal experience you mean like why did that happen to me it did happen to you yeah it did happen at the thing, and but the person, being entitled would mean no. But that, that one thing with that, what's it in the group? I think the most entitled experience is when you have a shared event and you're acting as if it's a personal, personal event. Personal. Yeah. How about this one? A fire in a movie theater. I would shout ice cream. I thought we were doing word association. <laughs> ice cream. Ice cream. <laughs> That's a pun. Can you get that? That's a pun. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> Did I blow your mind? 
Yeah. I, okay, well, movie theater or, yeah, in the movie theater. I'm getting, I'm you, getting at something. You mean yeah. getting up and everyone, get, you let the children out? There, and there everything. Big, yeah, that would be ideal. But uh, that's not what happens. What happens is everybody rushes for the exit. Yeah. And it used to be labeled um, mob. What was it? Oh, oh. So, uh, yeah, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, that's a lemming kind of thing, isn't it? Where everyone's going at the same. Yeah, but it's it's sort of it's mass sort of, hysteria. Mass hysteria, you know, mob mentality. But there's always, uh, where the the invariably there's always a couple people that see what's going on, and they don't do it. Like some people, right? And. But the way that happens at the fire where they, where they get like at that um, yeah. France at the the Orlando yeah, nightclub yeah. and things like that. People yeah. all heading to the door and they block it. And then the people right. that uh, people get trampled and some people stay back. And yeah. They end up, you know, it's but when so social psychologists looked at this because they wanted to see it. Was it really mob mentality that people were acting crazy? And self self preservation. Self preservation was kicking in, mm -hmm. and it was a completely rational thing to do. Now that's assuming that you don't have a son or daughter that that you want to save their lives, and you would get them out ahead of you. Uh -huh. But if you're just there by yourself, like the Seinfeld so. uh, thing with George. <laughs> When uh, the uh, alarm goes off they and he pushes, a, by the way. pushes the lady, right. <laughs> pushes the old lady out with a walker out of the way to get yeah. out the door and pushes the kids What about away. when the, the supposedly when the Titanic went down? They were very methodical and they put the women and children in the lifeboats first, right? Well, there was a moment. Mm. There, was a, there was breathing room for that, wasn't it? Yes. I think the main thing right. for that would probably equate it is the plane going down. Because they say, you know, make sure you, you get, and they go like this, yeah. it's funny, they got to make yeah. the announcement, make sure you put the mask on first, right. Right. which would be counter to the self-preservation, because people are putting on their kids first. Yeah. And they're, but it's sort of an instinct to protect your yeah. children. My seven-year-old daughter called me out on that one. What? I think we were on a plane, maybe watching a movie, but it, you know, the announcement comes on, like if the oxygen mask comes down, put it on yourself first. Yeah. Then take care of your kid. Uh -huh. So I gave her an elbow like this, you see? <laughs> me first. <laughs> and she was like, of course, how can you help me if you don't help yourself? Your se Bam! Your seven-year-old daughter very said that? precocious <laughs> child. Wow. Out of the mouths of babes. What are we looking at? We're looking at an iguana that is... Oh, he's been hanging out. He likes he? the podcast. He said oh. last three times we did a podcast, really? he was yeah. over here. Excellent. Yeah. Over here. Yeah. yeah. He's a he's a big he's a fan. He's yeah. a fan. He's a big fan. Um, okay, so are there people that are just okay, or does everyone need therapy? Glad you brought that up, because I think in some of these things, see, you can't be your own doctor, they say, and you can't be your own analyst. Okay, no psychoanalyst. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing these things, you you don't have a good yardstick to measure it by whether you have a problem with entitlement or you're manic depressive mm -hmm. in the diagnosable way and that sort of thing. And one of the, and this goes back to something we did last year when you were talking about um, self-examined life. 
right over there. Right. Yeah. The unexamined life. Unexamined life. Or, okay. Is not worth. The flip. Right. Is not worth living. Yeah. And I was saying, well, maybe not always, because, you know, if you dwell on yourself too much, mm-hmm. and you get into too much of this stuff, mm-hmm. you can drive yourself nuts. And that you happens can make with- yourself neurotic. Oh, yeah, that's me. But also oh, yeah, people who are narcissistic love to come in and talk about themselves. And it's part of their narcissism, and they're not necessarily going to change. So Masochistic them, or narcissistic? I said narcissistic. People come in that want to be listened What's to. They want to talk is, about there's their There's a narcissist. Um, the, um, what was the character? Um, there's a, there's a uh, dual one. Nar- uh, something narcissistic disorder. It's a combination. There, there is those combinations. That threesome, maybe it's narcissism and yeah, I forget. But that's another point, you know. Like when I, I do the, feel, the I feel that sometimes. I really don't. I, I, like I'm interrupting now. Look at that. Look at that. All right. Now I forgot my no. Uh, You're saying not everybody should. Examine themselves. It may not be helpful. You might get too stuck. No, I was going to talk about diagnoses. So we have a manual that's about, you know, two inches thick, mm-hmm. a diagnostic <laughs> manual. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, the first thing that's wrong with it is it's all continuous for any, anybody, and a lot of people are different from other people, mm-hmm. most. And so you lose a lot of individuality when you start giving diagnoses to people. And and putting uh, classifications on them. So when I'm doing treatment, I don't necessarily do the diagnosis thing, which is kind of rigid. Now, when I have to communicate with insurance companies or other professionals, then then we do it in that shorthand. We we'll slip them into categories. That makes sense. Yes. Okay. So you're uh, so uh, generally in your view. Are people on a continuum of, um, yeah, you re- I, I mentioned it last year, said something about um, uh, families. And they said every uh, family that is dysfunctional is dysfunctional in its own way. And then the, the axiom was, but every family that's uh, well-adjusted and happy is happy in the same way. Yeah. Meaning that there's things in it, or it could that work for the person? Like when uh, could uh, the the individual person that every maladjusted person? Um, you don't. I guess you wouldn't say defective. You would have to say every afflicted. Yeah, just person ordered. or a disordered person yeah. is disordered in their own way, and there's a mixture of it. There's yeah, not absolutely. one, you know. There's not yeah. one primary thing. Yeah. I mean, I could that is it possible even for a sociopath? A sociopath could could they have? Uh, I mean, I wonder if they could have multiple disorders. Sure. <clears throat> not just a sociopath. Definitely. <clears throat> a sociopath with an inferiority complex and Tourette's. I killed a motherfucker. <laughs> right? Shot him in the throat. Yeah. Just say, yell it. That would be... What do you think? 
Yeah. Because you were talking about sliding scale, how everyone is. And if you, let's say the, the last one, at what point do you step in with an acquaintance when you think they need? Like, is there a point where friends and stuff like that and say, listen, you got to go and seek uh, counseling or well, something like that? I would say you've got to. How, no, how would you would approach say, it? You know what? I think it could be really helpful for you to talk to somebody professionally about this. I've said that to people. This is because that's different for us because they if come to us expecting. Yeah. <clears throat> so they, sort of expecting to get a, psychologist. a free session. Yes. <laughs> and when we're like, well, we can't really do that because we're friends. But, you know, maybe, maybe it would be a good idea to seek out somebody. It would be hard. It, 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 it's very hard because you're, is your judgment clouded by your friendship, too? That's part of it. Yeah, because you see them with different eyes than someone who would see them without a past history. Yeah, and also friendship is it's, it's a two-way street, whereas usually when you see a therapist, you are there. That person is knows that he's in the position to try to give feedback or guide in some way, work on the problems that you as a client are bringing in. But you're not quite in that same relationship as a professional only with someone who's also your friend, mm-hmm. even though they're coming to you because they, partly because they know you have a professional background, but they probably don't understand the uh, conflict there as well as we would. You know, why can't you be my therapist? Yeah. Oh, and while I'm at it, it's if, a good way to lose a friend. Yeah, if someone, <laughs> no, this is not to do with friends now. This is yeah. if you, you saw someone came to you, you couldn't, you couldn't uh, do any work with someone who's under the influence, right? Can you, I, or is it? I always like to get them into a program. They got to be detoxed before you work De- with them. Detox, or you know, at least be in uh, AA or. Something, a support group, be, be working at it. But what about outside what if, the therapy? Suite. What about if they're drinking or not? Do you, did you have a rule about that? Even if they're in AA or in a support group, you're. If someone comes sees you and they had a couple drinks before they come to oh. the, the the session, well, that's when I reach for his vodka bottle with the vodka. Okay. You match, you match them, right? Do you learn anything more from someone? If, if is it is it is it actually the truth serum? Yeah. That people have. Do you learn anything more? Or is it all clouded by no, it's, intoxication? It's disruptive. I would, I I would mean, agree. You might want to see it one time as a therapist to see how they react to alcohol and what it fixes. Yep. I mean, oh, but no. they, they, you you do you don't learn more about their. Uh, is it a mask? Is the alcohol a mask for it, or does it unmask people's inherent? underlying disorders meaning if let's say you're controlled and you control your responses when you're not drinking then they are drinking and they're just you know you see the jealousy you see the 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 madness and all those things i I suppose you could i suppose you could say that but again it's a two-way street so one of the problems is that your that your interactions may not be getting in to the person oh god i get it we're here okay you're saying that once you get something from the person, whatever you're, but I'm not saying I'm actually, I'm the one program you mentioned that people should go and seek. I'm in. So I would never suggest this because I'm in it. And I have a belief that sobriety is a, is a thing you should you work on. Yeah. But 
I wonder, I, I imagine, there, I, I, it's a big world out there. There are psychologists and psychiatrists that said, listen, we'll do a session with you drinking, and then you're, you're going to come and listen to me after that. You're going to sober up this, and then we're going to talk. Mm-hmm. What do you sure think? Well, I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say okay. So get drunk for the next. No, day. not drunk. They 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 came in. Let's say they came in intoxicated, and saying, "I be... will continue this, but even this, I want you. You, mm-hmm. you have to come back mm-hmm. the next time. I'm only going to see it is if you come back the next time. Back so. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't throw anybody out unless not just for you know having had a drink or being a little high or even very high. Yeah, I would throw them out for misbehaving or. Something like that. Okay. You know, we don't like broken furniture. The big you question, know. the big question. So you didn't, this didn't happen to you, but I'm going to ask you that uh, I'm going to be a little thought experiment. You're, you're uh, in a counseling session with someone uh, and you, um, they reveal to you that they um, start talking about how they wanted to hurt people and then they said they did in fact hurt people and they were continuing to hurt people and they, and then you may you mean physically hurt them physically hurt people and they're doing that what uh what 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 point do you cut the session off or you get up what happens now you don't do this anymore so you can tell me what happens at that point and you think there's possibility that they could have, they've already done it and they may have done the ultimate hurt well, I, I uh, get up, I edge my way toward the door, open the door, run out, call the cops. Yep, okay. No, but also... What would you do? Also, but let me say one thing. I'm not a... Same, I'm no, not a... Same thing, no, it isn't. Same thing I'm a bartender. No, but it's a... I'm a bartender. Yeah, I would, you, if I find out, I would just get up and call the cops. I've, I've, once I've asked somebody who was drinking, uh, they, they were drinking, I asked them point blank. Uh, they were involved here, down here. Uh, someone who was involved in a murder investigation, <laughs> and he he was a, tr- a trio of, of suspects. And I waited. He was drinking, and then I, I I asked him some lead up questions. I go, hey, did, and in the end, I said, did you kill that woman? As I point out, right in the middle of it, and I would it was perfectly fine to doing. But first what did of he all, say? I said no. Yeah, he said no. I I was. Expecting some kind of confession or thing, and I'm, the the denial did not does not admit guilt. But the um, but then again, I guess the if the if he acquiesced does not a hundred percent, but it definitely points itself to uh, guilt. So deny, yeah, I would have done. But I did not. My my thing leans more to like I cheated on my wife. What should I do? And blah blah blah, and do that stuff because that's. You know, they'll be that's, talking that's to you about it. No, they'll start talking about you or something like that. But if you're abusing a child or something like that, no, stuff, no, no, I know no, that's it. There's no, there's no, uh, there's it's no not gray, like a penitent. Uh, even the religious, the closest thing with religious, I guess with doctors, you got it. You have your no the confidentiality doesn't apply in that no, case. Because the Hippocratic do no harm, right? No, that's on our end. But. No, but you'd have to yeah do no harm because they're doing harm. And, and if you don't stop them from doing harm, you're I kind of. Well, it used to be confidential for, um, you know, um, priests and well, psychologists. That, I understand that. Well, because freedom of religion and stuff like that, it's crazy. I understand. I'm not suggesting it's acceptable. No, I'm just saying it I'm used not saying to be. I understand that. Now, but it's, now, it's, now it's against the law. You can't, if you, there's a duty to report, 
if you realize that a patient of yours, but you know they go to they go to some some guys will go to jail for that. Is um, Mm -hmm. but the church didn't the church didn't change at least the Catholic Church didn't change your view on that. And imagine no, I think it's legal. I I I I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. You have to report it. You do. I, you do. I, as a psychologist, you, you have do. to. I know, but as a religious, I would be. I, I, I would expect. I would be. Wouldn't be surprised if some priests and rabbis have not gone to jail rather than reveal um, yeah. confidential information. Well, more at the beginning, but um, I, I believe into this day, some of these yeah. guys are. They take their roles serious because they're because religious belief in their heads. I'm not saying me supersedes civilian authority. Yeah. That's that's I'm talking that way in our in rational world where we live in, where you don't want people hurt and stuff like that. We go, oh, someone's life is we no, Yeah. Well, let God take care of that stuff. Mm -hmm. But we we know we have this information. Yes, that's common sense. But religion isn't about common sense, is it? And it's a close call sometimes in the therapy suite because uh, is that a real threat or does this guy really? Represent a threat. Yeah, and is yeah. this guy going to run, run away if I say I'm, I may have to report that? Technically, you ha- you can I just say something. Sure. The best way, the best practice of psychology is initially to write out what the rules are, and one of the things you write down that the client has to agree to is that if you become aware that he it, he or she is in a position to hurt himself or, or somebody else. else, that you will report it, and that if you find out that there's been child abuse even in the past even if it's not going on now technically you have to report that to social services so at least they know up front I actually had a priest who came in as a patient and uh, he was sent by the diocese and it, it was pretty clear there was sexual abuse involved and right at the outset I have to say you know I have if you talk about that to me that you've abused in the past, then I have to report that. Just telling them uh, beforehand. So, mm-hmm. is that? So hey, he didn't, he didn't you last, mentioned he didn't if, last if, very long. If uh, on this show you mentioned some plans you had against Jack in the pool area, I would dime you out in a second, Joel. If you said you were going to drown him and stuff like that, yeah. I'm turning you into my row cat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Gonna you're going to yeah. upside down yeah. his noodle. <laughs> That's yeah. all. You'd weight his noodle down with uh, yeah. uh, with uh, <clears throat> fishing weights. Okay. And, you know, we're talking about Jack, so <clears throat> no, no jury would convict. No, and uh, we'll be seeing Jack soon. We're not saying anything about Jack where right. he is right now. So yeah, <laughs> we're going to clear. We're six. <laughs> we're seven episodes. We're seven episodes unpublished. So I think. This episode will make it into, oh gosh, probably the third week of February. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, third week. Two and a half weeks. Two and a half weeks weeks. away. Yeah. We'll still be here. I mean, we're still. You said you signed something for two months, right? Till February. Till the end. The 29th this year. No, you're leaving on the 29th? Yeah. Yeah. No, I say. For next year. We've already reserved for next year, January and February. We just signed on. Wow, it went really quick. You got here in the beginning of January? I yeah. Know. Really quick. And I had to, I Much left for a quick. week. Yeah. Came back. Wow. Okay. Unusual. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, you know, with Jack, uh, we're having a hard enough time figuring out who he is. 
mm-hmm. rather than where he is. You know, <laughs> we're not going to talk about where he is right now. Let's. Uh, we have no. Get this volume up on my. Got to get my music up because we're going to sign up. Okay, so let's say goodbye to everyone. Bye. Bye. I'd like to thank Gabby and Joel. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, how about next week? God willing, right? Then mm. uh, the bay don't rise. Okay. Yeah. We'll see you later. This is Jim the Keys part. <laughs>